but before I do, I do want to read a couple of passages. And uh, the first one I'd like to read is John 3, 11, where Jesus says, We testify about what we have seen. And he's actually talking to Nicodemus, but so he says, he's referring to the leaders in Israel, and he says, but you don't receive our testimony. But we testify to that which we have seen, and if I have spoken to you of earthly things, how are you going to believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? And then in Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 20, we, see, we find the disciples, the apostles, and they are in front of the Sanhedrin council, who is telling them to be quiet about preaching about Jesus, and what is their response? We cannot quit testifying to what we have seen. We testify to that which we have seen. So today I want to share some things with you uh, that I've seen. And... Um, I think most of you have heard me talk before, and so before I shared some of these things with you, I wanted you to get to know me a little bit because some of what I have to share with you today is uh, a little embarrassing for me. It won't be embarrassing for you, but uh, it's a little sensational, okay? Um, because uh, when I was not serving the Lord, I became attracted to witchcraft and sorcery. And there's a certain amount of sensationalism that comes along with talking about that, and so I hesitate to do so. Part of the reason I hesitate to do so is because when I was a teenager, part of what attracted me to that is the idea that if you sell your soul to Satan, he'll make you rich and famous and give you whatever you want. And I want to encourage you to know that that's not true. I estimate that there are tens of thousands of people, maybe even more than that, who have sold their soul for rock and roll and ended up homeless and penniless and in jail and even dead. Because Satan will seduce you into his circle and use you for his purposes, not yours. Uh, if your purposes happen to align with his and you have a lot of talent, then maybe he'll deceive you into thinking that he's the one that's making you successful. When in reality, where does success come from? It comes from God. So today, my main message I want to tell you is that if you want money, seek the Holy Spirit. If you want knowledge, insight, that will allow you to make money. Seek the Holy Spirit. Um, now, the Holy Spirit may not necessarily want you to be rich, but uh, if you have an interest in money, Proverbs 10.22 says, the blessing of God makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. So if you want a blessing without sorrow, seek God. Seek the Holy Spirit. Do you want knowledge? Do you want insight into your spouse, into her psychology? Do you want knowledge into your husband? Seek the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of knowledge. Do you want wisdom? Do you want foresight? Seek the Holy Spirit. He will give it to you. 
What did Jesus say in John chapter 14? Maybe it's chapter 16. He said, Jesus will teach, or he said, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will teach you all things and guide you into all truth. Not just religious truth, all truth. When you look in the book of Exodus, you find that those who had special workmanship ability to uh, build the sanctuary and make perfumes and incense and make the garments with all of the special embroideries, uh, it says the Spirit of God gave that ability. So if you want things both heavenly and worldly, seek the Holy Spirit. And God has promised that when we seek him with all our heart, we're going to find him. Now, uh, sometimes I get frustrated with the Spirit because I'm still in this meat sack. I'm still in this flesh body. And my flesh wants to hear physical sound and see physical sights. And sometimes the Holy Spirit does choose to, to speak to us through our flesh senses. And in fact, I think he probably does that more often early in the beginning of our experience. But he, he'll do it if, if, if you need that. But he's leading us through those miraculous sort of physical experiences to move into the skill of communicating with him spirit to spirit. To communicate with the Holy Spirit, we must communicate with him in our spirit. And this is not uh, necessarily coming through the flesh, okay? Um, so the, the same is true. One of the things that I learned in um, my experience with demonic spirits and with the Holy Spirit is there are a lot of similarities in the spiritual world in the way that spirits communicate, whether it's an evil spirit or whether it's uh, the Holy Spirit. And, of course, that's true in, in, the, in the physical world, too, right? Uh, you could be sp speaking with, um, you know, somebody who's a criminal, and he's trying to seduce you into, you know, some kind of uh, crime plot or something. Uh, and, or you could be speaking with somebody who's trying to tell you about Jesus. They're both using language. They're both using your ears and their voice and their tongue to speak. Um, and uh, what I've found is that in the spiritual realm, this is true, too that evil spirits as well as the Holy Spirit will speak to you in, in various ways. Sometimes through a series of coincidences that when you look back you see the pattern and you say there's no way that that could be mere coincidence. Uh, sometimes through impressions, sometimes through seductive thoughts that maybe you even think are your own thoughts. Uh, but this is part of the advancement in the divine life that we are all on, which is I want to be able to discern when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I want to be able to test and discern when the spirit of Satan is speaking to me too, right? I want to know the difference. And this is exactly why we have these words right here. Now, I want to say something uh, because I grew up in the Adventist church, and one of the things uh, that I kind of see sometimes as a pitfall is that we think of our intellectual understanding of doctrine as the truth, okay? Uh, in reality, 
the these the doctrines and even the words here yet yeah, they are mystical because Jesus said the words I speak they are spirit and they are life but they are not the holy spirit itself right the 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 ink on paper is not Jesus Christ himself it's the testimony right it's the written testimony of Jesus and i think that there's an important but subtle distinction to make because sometimes we can get bored with religion, we can get frustrated with religion, we can even get frustrated with reading the Bible. But Jesus said in John 5.39, let me just go ahead and and, uh, read that verse for you. He said, you search the scriptures or you search the Bible because you think in it you have eternal life, but what? It testifies of me. And Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to send another helper, another guide, another rabbi, another teacher, another friend, another another parakletos, that's the Greek word, which means someone who comes alongside you, kind of like a spouse, kind of like a best friend. And... This can be frustrating to us sometimes because, uh, like I said, our flesh wants certainty. Our, Our flesh is opposed to faith. And it does take faith to say, okay, I'm 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 gonna pray, I'm gonna connect my consciousness with the divine consciousness, and I'm gonna speak to it, and I'm going to trust that that God hears me, and now I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna be quiet in my own private closet, and I'm going to hear what the Father is saying to me. What, what is the Spirit of, of the Father saying to me? And then, of course, we go to the Scriptures and we confirm uh, those convictions. And sometimes those <laughs> convictions are kind of a combination of us using the uh, equipment that God has already given us, the flesh eyes, the ink on paper. We read and we say, oh, and our mind is lifted up to heaven. And the Holy Spirit sort of comes along very subtly sometimes and intermixes with that uh, sort of ability that God has given us as, as human beings. And then there are other times when the whole, it's all the Holy Spirit, where he comes in and goes, boom, I'm talking to you right now, and, and you, you can't help but know that God is talking to you. Um, that happened to me a little over two years ago. And I told you about that. Some of you were were here when I spoke uh, about that. Um, But I want to give you a little more detail. So uh, I think it was three or four years ago, demonic spirits started contacting me. And at first, I didn't understand what was happening. It was confusing, and I was like, what's going on? And after a little while, and it took about two or three days of some details that I don't want to get into um, just because they're mundane and it probably wouldn't make sense. But but I realized, the thought came to me, and it came to me very forcefully. I believe it was a demonic spirit that said, we're talking to you. And this is after, what was it, 16 or 17 years of faithlessness? Because I, like I said, I grew up in the church. I do believe I was converted. And I understood very vaguely some things about the Holy Spirit. Uh, But I really 
did not grasp the way that I do now that this really is a relationship. I talked about a relationship with Jesus, but I really thought that the relationship with Jesus was was just merely reading the Bible and praying. And praying for me was more of a one-way thing. And the idea that the Holy Spirit would actually communicate with, with me was um, not something that I really understood. Of course, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit would give us convictions, but for me it was more like I'm being tempted to sin and I shouldn't go that way. You know, uh, And certainly that is the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit's job, is to convict us of sin. But I did not really understand that the Holy Spirit will interact with you on a personal level. And I know that many of you already know that because uh, you've, you've had experiences. And um, so part of the reason I believed God allowed me to go uh, mess around with witchcraft and sorcery is because when he brought me out of that a little over two years ago, he turned Satan's work against him. And one of the things that he said to me is, if you're willing to trust that demonic spirits are willing and able and communicating with you, why is it so hard for you to believe that I'm going to do the same thing? Why are you keeping me at a distance? Why is your faith keeping me in heaven when I'm with you right here? And so uh, this is one of the reasons why I share with you um, another reason I want to share with you is that I've come to realize, and I know you know this too, that our world, our culture is designed to teach us that the spiritual world is nothing but your fictional imagination. The news media uh, doesn't talk about spiritual things. Even National Geographic, the best nature programs, they talk as if there's nothing but the flesh, and yet Jesus said there is spirit and there is flesh, right? And we are on the divine, the advancement in the divine life means a greater and greater understanding of the spirit and how the spirit works. So uh, let me share with you, I think, three or four experiences, um, some on the dark side and some on the light side. Uh, I've already shared with you some of the experiences that I've had recently with the Holy Spirit. Uh, My friend who started hearing voices and I prayed for her and a few months later the voices disappeared. She called me and said, I know it was the Holy Spirit and thank you for your prayer. And I let her know that any of us can pray. Uh, In fact, I wanted you to know the reason I'm wearing jeans today is because I I want my message to be to each of you that you don't have to be dressed up and holy. You don't have to be a pastor for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He speaks to everyday people. He speaks to each one of us whenever we are open to it. And sometimes he speaks to us even when we're not seeking him. He speaks to us sometimes when we're actually rebelling against him. Because he's so kind and he's so good. And he's the good shepherd that seeks us first. The only reason we ever have a desire to seek is because he seeks us first. So uh, I was going to pass this around a little bit because, um, but I think I should have started passing it around earlier because now I need it for my illustration. (laughs) Um, So 
my wife got very angry with me when she found out that I was uh, messing around with witchcraft because she had no idea. And she's a woman of faith, and she prayed for me every day, even when I wasn't a believer. And, um, uh, you know, to be fair to her, I actually respected her, and so I, I did not uh, do things in the house. Um, so one time I ended up getting a, a, a cabin. I went to a state park, and I rented a cabin. And the, the purpose that I rented this cabin is because I wanted to do uh, black magic all night, do ceremonies. So you have um, spell books that you read through and you light candles and say certain things and invoke demons and whatnot. Well, most of the time, especially when you start, nothing happens. Um, because uh, really Satan is not uh, very responsive. Sometimes he is, sometimes he's not, but... Um, and, you know, I found that, some, that that's kind of true with the Holy Spirit, too. Um, and, and I think part of the reason is that we have to learn that it's not our will, but the Holy Spirit's will. And, and the devil really tries to teach you the same thing. He's, if, if you're going to follow the devil, what he does is he leads you step by step to conform your character to his character to conform your plans and your desires to his plans and his desires. He tells you that you have perfect freedom. He tells you this is all your will. Uh, but, and, and of course it is if, if, if you choose to do that. But, uh, and it's the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not going to force you to become someone you don't want to become. But it, once, you, once you choose to trust in the Holy Spirit and trust in what... God is leading you to do, then, of course, you uh, conform to what he's offering you because you realize it's a gift. You realize it's a gift. And with the devil, it's just deception. Now, the devil can give you gifts. He can give you, you know, he always likes to attach his lies to truth. So sometimes there's sort of blessings in, you know, following the devil uh, but we all know where that leads. That's why we're here today. That's why we've given ourselves to, to Jesus Christ, because we know that following Satan means ultimately suffering and death. So, you know, uh, it's like that song by the Grateful Dead, I may be going to hell in a bucket, but at least I'm enjoying the ride. What a lie. But that's a lie that people believe because demonic spirits make it possible for them to be deceived, to be, become blind to the blessings uh, that God has to offer. Anyway, so here I was at this uh, cabin, and I, I had stayed up all night doing these ceremonies and whatnot, and um, nothing had happened. And it was, daylight was breaking, and I was tired, and I decided I was going to go to bed. So I put all my candles and implements and whatnot uh, on the table, and I was going to the kitchen to get some water or something. And out of the corner of my eye, there was a coffee cup that had incense in it, which this is incense right here, and different kind of incense. This is actually incense that I'm putting together, um, uh, which is from the recipe in the Old Testament for the sanctuary. So I 
this, this, and I know this is going to sound strange to you guys, and I know some people who don't want to believe are just going to say, well, it, you know, it's just a hallucination or something. The, the, not this coffee cup, but another coffee cup. This, this coffee cup says, good morning, God, and thank you. Um, but I was using a different coffee cup. It was sitting there on the table, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw it fall. There was nothing that made it move. It fell on the ground, and then it just started spinning like that, only it kept spinning. It did not stop like that. It kept spinning and spinning and spinning. And I was far enough away from it so that I could see inside it, and at the bottom of the cup was a bunch of incense like this right here. And does that incense look to you like it would stay in the bottom of the cup as if gravity was holding it? when it was on its side? No. And like Moses, I said, I'm going to turn aside and see this thing. <laughs> and so I went up to it, and as I approached it, it quit spinning. And I picked it up, and I thought, maybe the incense got sticky or something? I don't know. So I picked it up, and I, and I poured it out, and it poured out just like that. It was dry as a bone. And I realized, okay, this, this was a supernatural sign from the devil. Well, I'm sure Satan had better things to do than hang out with me, right? Uh, but, you know, he's busy with President Trump and Barack Obama or whoever. But, you know, he, he sent demon spirits to, to do this. And what he was doing was saying, come a little closer. Come a little closer. So after several hours of doing this, he sort of rewarded me. What would happen if we did that with the Holy Spirit? Well, I've had experiences like that. Uh, one time I prayed for three hours. And I, and I wasn't, you know, trying to, it wasn't a meritorious thing. I wasn't saying, hey, God, I'm praying for three hours, so you've got to do something. It wasn't like that at all. It was just, there were things going on in my life, and I had a long list of other people that I was praying for. And uh, at the end of about three hours of prayer, the Holy Spirit gave me a flash. It was, it was like a vision, but it was just half a second, and it was Jesus. And I was at the foot of the cross. And somehow, in that flash, he communicated to me, I died for you, and if you were the only one that received salvation, I would have done it. And that's true for each one of you. Each one of us. He would have died just for us. God rewarded me for seeking Him. And I know that I'm not the only one here. I know that you all could come up here and sit in this seat too and tell me stories about how the Holy Spirit has touched you and how He's spoken to you. But the point is, if we seek Him, He will reward us. And He will reward us in personal ways. He will communicate with us in personal ways. They're spiritual ways, and they're not always the sort of physical manifestation, miracle things that we, we really want to see, right? But He will speak to you in the way that you need to be spoken to. And he'll speak to you in a way that if you want to, you can turn away and say, you know what, that's not, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I'm, 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 you know, he's, he's not going to usurp your power to choose. But he will give you the evidence. 
that you need. Um, how long have I been speaking? Okay, 20, 25 minutes? Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to tell you just a couple more stories, but I do want to say that when the Holy Spirit came to speak to me uh, two years ago, when I repented and gave my heart to Christ, I was actually reading through uh, a black magic ceremony called The Bornless One, written by Lester Crowley. Some of you have heard of him. You might have heard his name pronounced Alistair Crowley. Um, he's been dead for 100 years, but uh, he started several satanic organizations, all of which are still in existence today. One's called the OTO, the uh, the Order Temple Orientis or something like that. That's what it stands for. Anyways, they're sort of front groups. They don't they don't say that they're satanic. They just talk about magic and wizardry and whatever. Uh, and then, of course, once you get drawn in, uh, you know, you, eventually you realize that this is, um, you know, satanic. Um, and let me let me also just say that uh, I, I know sometimes it's difficult to relate to. How can somebody who was raised in the church, you know, be deceived like this? Uh, and thankfully, most people are not, you know, attracted to that. But I point to the story of Solomon, King Solomon. He enjoyed some real spiritual blessings. The Lord used him to build the temple. And uh, you read his prayer when God actually sent fire down from heaven supernaturally to light the altar. And Solomon saw all that. And yet, he spent a few decades of his adult life building temples to demons. Uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, sometimes we think that those temples were just a bunch of foolishness with wood and stone and, you know, all that. And that's true. But what we don't understand, and Paul makes this point in the New Testament, these idols actually represent demonic spirits. And there were supernatural things happening in those temples and around those the worship of those idols. Same thing is happening today. It's just that Satan has taken a different tack for the last couple hundred years where he has tried to really push materialism in our culture. And that's why, you know, everybody knows that Harry Potter is just fiction, you know. Everybody knows that, uh, you know, the force in Star Wars is just all, you know, a nice children's story, right? Uh, that's what our culture tells us. Our culture tells us that nothing exists but physics, the material world. Uh, and Satan and his angels have really gone underground, the last couple hundred years to try and just keep us away from uh, the supernatural. I personally think it's one of the ways that he is going to uh, have such an overwhelming deception when those final movements come because when Satan appears in the form of Jesus Christ and starts working miracles, people like Richard Dawkins aren't going to be able to balk at it. They're going to have to say, oh, I guess there is something more than just physics, right? Um, and I think he's setting us up for that. But anyways, so I was going through this um, ritual. And the, the ritual, the purpose of the ritual is to specifically um, dethrone God out of your life and put yourself in the most holy place 
which is your inner spirit, right? That's the, we, we are the sanctuary, right? We, uh, we are the temple of God. So we have the most holy place, the holy place, and the outer temple, which is our body. <laughs> but that inner holy place is our spirit where only God is supposed to reside, right? And if we tell God to leave our most holy place, leave our spirit, then, and we put ourselves on that throne, or we put another God on that throne, um, then we've become corrupted. And that's what the devil is trying to do. And so as I'm reading through this, this ritual, it says, uh, you know, the spirit that created all human spirits. And that's when the Holy Spirit chose to speak to me. Reading through a satanic ritual, that's when the Holy Spirit came. And I, I was absolutely blown away because in that moment, there was no question in my mind that God was speaking directly to me. And it, it was so powerful and so kind and so loving that I, I very quickly said, God, I want you. And I went up to my office and I got on my knees and I repented. And I asked Jesus Christ into my life. And the point I want to make is that if the Holy Spirit is willing to speak to us, when we're in open rebellion, what does the Bible say? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, God, God does this. So as Christians, sometimes we fail. Sometimes we fail big. <laughs> and sometimes we get frustrated with faith. Sometimes we get frustrated with the Holy Spirit even. And I think the last three or four months, I've kind of been going through some of that, partly because I've been a Christian now for a little over two years and some of my expectations haven't been met. And God, God is saying, yeah, I'm the one in charge, not you. And I've got a better plan than you. I just can't exact. I'm not going to tell you every detail, you know, about it. Uh, but he's, he's, he still keeps saying, follow me. And so sometimes we can get frustrated. And, uh, you know, I have some things to look back on over the past three or four months where I have to say, ugh, we will often have to bow at the feet of Jesus and weep because of our shortcomings. But we are not cast off. He does not quit speaking to us. So let's be careful to know that even sometimes when we grieve the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean He leaves us. Our sins do separate us from, from God. But He's the Good Shepherd. When that sheep separates himself from the Good Shepherd and gets caught in the thicket, <laughs> what does the Good Shepherd do? He comes. He comes and He seeks us again. And that's what God does. And one of the things that's important to remember as a Christian is that when, when the devil comes to you and reminds you of your sins, when the devil comes to you and tries to lead you into despair, it, uh, you, you can tell the difference because when the Holy Spirit comes and convicts you, he gives you the gift of repentance. And he gives you the gift of faith, which connects you with God. Uh, whereas when the devil comes and starts beating you up because of your sins, it, it, it's, it's like just kind of a wall of darkness and blackness. Um, so let's remember that. I want to end with a story, true story, from a good friend of mine. His name is Trent. And uh, a few years back, 
he and his wife had had decided that they didn't want to live in Maryland again. They had they had been working uh, for the church headquarters, and uh, he worked for Guide Magazine, did did graphic arts for that and stuff. And I don't remember what his wife did. Anyways, once they moved to Texas, they decided, oh, we really like it here better, and you know we don't want to go back. Well, he he told me every night he before he gets into bed to sleep, he kneels down and uh, prays. And he said, most of the time, I don't take the time to listen, although that, he said, is changing, because he said on this particular night, he just felt impressed to stay on his knees and stop talking and listen. And he said, I distinctly heard the Holy Spirit tell me, get your house ready to sell because you're moving to Maryland. He and his wife didn't want to move back to Maryland. And so he was like, oh, hmm, I hope this isn't from the Holy Spirit. But he said the conviction was so strong and so obvious that the next morning he started cleaning out the gutters and uh, got, did some painting and stuff. And his wife said, what do you, wh- what's, what's the deal? How come you're focused now on, on cleaning up and stuff? And he, he told her about what the Holy Spirit had told him. And he said they both laughed nervously because they were like, hey, we don't want to go back there. But maybe it's true. Two days later, she's talking. the wife is talking to a friend of hers, and the friend said, hey, Adventist World Radio is looking for a marketing director. And, and this is what, what she, she did. And uh, his wife, Alyssa, said um, that she was interested, and then her friend said, but it would require you to move to Maryland. This is because uh, you had to be near the headquarters. So this is two days after the Holy Spirit told Trent, you're going to be moving to Maryland, so get your house ready to sell. And she said, oh, well. And she said that she would have probably turned it down, but for her husband's impression from the Holy Spirit. So uh, her friend used her smartphone, took a picture of Alyssa's business card, and sent it off to the president of Adventist World Radio. Later, the president said that he and his wife had just gotten up from prayer asking God which person they should hire. And there came her, uh, the picture of her business card over text. And uh, she, she's been the Adventist World Radio marketing director for several years, and she just changed uh, positions to, to something different. Um, but the point is that the Holy Spirit speaks. And if we seek him, he will speak to us. And I just want to leave you with that today, encouraging you to open up your heart, your mind, spend time in the word, spend time praying, and understand that we are living in a supernatural world. And to remember, to seek those spiritual things, to, to remember those spiritual dynamics and uh, not allow the culture to uh, keep your mind in just the physical realm because uh, w- there's physical and there's spirit.